Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection interview series. This is Michael Coleman and this week I spoke with composer Mark Henry Phillips who's responsible for the music and audio mix for the extremely popular podcast series Serial. Serial is produced by WBEZ Chicago and the show's host and executive producer Sarah Koenig unfolds one non-fiction story week by week over the course of a season. I'm a huge fan of Serial and Mark and I discuss how he became involved in this project and the incredibly tight production window he has to score and mix each hour-long episode the night before it's posted. This is an incredible example of a creative team who knows exactly how to pull in an audience and make them listen a little bit closer. So close, in fact, that you almost see yourself at the scene of the crime. I hope you enjoy. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about this amazing project, which I'm sure you're excited to be a part of. Oh, totally. It's been seriously a dream gig. When was this moment for you that it started to get really crazy, out of control, exciting because the podcast serial became very widely known? I mean, not to sound lame, but it was like incredibly exciting before that even happened. Like to me, it was like already a huge thing even before it went viral. But uh, yeah, it kind of, you know, first it was like all my friends were super, super excited about it. And I was like, wow, I've never like seen any of my friends so excited about a podcast. And then it was like people who had never even heard of podcasts were were talking about it. And I think that's been, it's been like a, that's been what's, one thing that's so exciting for me is it seems like it's been this moment for the podcast medium to sort of go a step larger and people are, are checking it out who've never even listened to a podcast before. I mean, that's the thing I loved is that, uh, I mean, I've been li- listening to podcasts for maybe a year now. I wasn't super savvy to it. And then I had, it's like you find your gateway drug into podcasting. And I feel like serial could be a real way for people to understand the potential of podcasting and just this type of listening experience. Were you a big listener? Like, what do you listen to now? What's your go-to? Oh, well, um, yeah, I worked in public radio for about six years. Um, and so like every public radio show has a (laughs) podcast, Uh, um, you know, so I, I did, I worked at a show called on the media, which claims to have been the first public radio show to release itself in podcast form and i have no idea whether that's true but that's what they claim self-proclaimed is okay that's okay yeah and uh yeah i've I've, i did uh a lot of freelance work at at radio lab which is Mm -hmm. you know an unbelievable podcast that i always listen to and uh yeah what are my favorites i mean that's the thing is there's so many it's like what's your favorite television? It's like, well, you know, there's there's like sports, there's drama, there's comedy. Um, you know, so I love, I love uh, all the Grantland podcasts. Um, I love uh, This American Life. I think, think This American Life is probably just most, I, I will always listen to that if there's a new one over everything else. Um, and that's why I was so excited about Serial because I was like, wow, they're going to, you know, do what they do, but just in a slightly different way, and it, it's it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just going back to the first episode of Serial, and just the, um, just reading it, maybe just the text that they have here, you know, it's, 
the writing and the approach that they had to this, you know, just saying it's Baltimore in 1999. Hey, Min Lee is a popular high school senior, disappears after school one day. I mean, it's a very like nonchalant. There's not like this, like, we're going to take you on this 10 week adventure that's going to completely consume your life and well-being. Was there conversations? I mean, when you got involved, how early was that? And what were the conversations of, about how this was going to be different? Well, yeah, they, they um, you know, I talked to them you know, before it launched, obviously. Uh, and yeah, they sent me sort of a rough cut of the first episode and, and gave me like a real quick rundown, like basically what you just said. And they're yeah. like, but there's like a lot of interesting characters and it's it's just a crazy story. And I, I kind of knew, you know, when you hear this American Life story, or really any great piece of journalism, you know, you know that there's just so much cut out. You know, mm-hmm. you know they say, uh, there's some adage about the best, you know, a good piece by like all the stuff that's left on the, the cutting room floor or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just killed that. But uh, <laughs> there's something that sounds similar to that. And, uh, y- you know, so when they said that, when, when they gave me the brief rundown and they were like, yeah, you know, we might do eight episodes, we might do 12. I was just like, oh, finally, you know, we're going to hear a piece of great radio journalism where nothing has to get cut out. And it's like, Mm -hmm. there could be a whole episode that's not uh, like a tangent, but just something that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, like episode three really focused on the the man who found uh, Heyman Lee's body. And, you know, I think if this were an hour thing, that would get a half a sentence. But it's a really interesting story. He apparently has a record as a streaker and you know it right it's like it's kind of like a you know a drama series when you know it's like a 12 episode season you get to have those things that sort of build the environment build the characters and and yeah so that was kind of what excited me most is is that there wouldn't they wouldn't have to cut anything out and they could really just you know if if more interesting stuff happens and you know they were totally prepared i think to go 15 episodes or you know like there's no no limits and they could just do whatever they wanted and that that excited me my my interest was also finding out the conversations that you had with uh, sarah koenig um the series director who hosts it and and the rest of the team how much involvement because you you mentioned to me or before we started recording just the timeline that you have uh they deliver on a Wednesday, but you get it Tuesday night. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I get it. It depends, you know, how the week is shaping up. But sure. I get it at some point on Tuesday. Um, okay. And then we have to post it Wednesday night. And I actually, Julie Snyder is the, uh, I, she's, you know, either the executive producer, senior producer. I'm not sure her exact title, but she's, she's like the boss. And she's just this amazing editorial uh she's just like the best editor and uh getting to work with her has been this glimpse into you know why this american life sounds so good and uh so she's who i really work with and they send me sort of a rough not even that rough but an assemblage of of the um acts and tracks you know sarah's uh narration and um you know all the interviews and in tape and it's it just kind of set up in the right order and they send me a script and uh you know then i listen through and i try and listen through once just like the whole way through with very little stopping so that i feel like a listener you know and so 
My very first thing is is pacing, you know, trying to pull stuff back and get the, the timing feeling a little bit tighter or n- not tighter as it might need. And uh, and then, like, if there's a moment where I feel like, oh, I, I would want to hear a piece happening right here, you know, I, I put a little marker in the Pro Tools session with, like, music, question mark, and then <laughs> I'll just write, like, one sentence, yeah. like, the clock is ticking or, like unfolding story you know just something to kind of give me like a little memory of like what I wanted it to sound like when I was listening the first time through it really seems that you're scoring you know off of your instinct off of your gut instinct of what comes to mind what your initial thoughts are when you um, when you hear it just dry with, without any other music, H- how much um, revisions or feedback do you actually get? Is there, is there any time for anything like that? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, yeah, I would say there's like each episode, one piece usually needs to be like stripped or like redone or, um, and then, you know, there's lots of, uh, Julie has lots of little tweaks um, for for other pieces like hey you know the one at 15 minutes move that up to 13 minutes and you know like she she like I said she's an editorial wizard and and her her chops are just unbelievable so she'll you know yeah so there are there is time for lots of revisions we actually um this might be too geeky but we do uh we use a thing called Source Live, I think that program is, and I just throw it on my master fader, and it broadcasts that a high a high quality feed from my Pro Tools rig to the internet, and so Julie listens to it, and I send her a bounce first of all, like a rough bounce, and she comes back with the first round of notes, and then for the second round, we listen together, and she's like, uh, like. You know, the percussion's like a little too busy. And so like, I'll fade that out and and she'll listen to it and be like, yeah, that works. Or like, eh, try something else. And so obviously it'd be nice if uh, we were in the same room, but you know, if I did it at This American Life, then I wouldn't have all my plugins and all my instruments. So this is kind of, it's cool. It feels like the future of, of like, you know, media collaboration because I think it, it's the direction things are going it's certainly the direction Avid wants to go in with uh, their new they have a new plan I think for, for collaborating over the web but uh, yeah so because of that we you know yeah there is a ton of, of feedback and, and there isn't a ton of time to write brand new pieces every week because um, there's also a lot of mixing and restoration and stuff like that but um, we definitely will stay up late making sure everything is is perfect nice and um i guess when you guys are working on a really tight schedule i mean it's almost every week i mean how much of a production how much did you have in the can i guess you say from that first episode how much was ready to go week after week because um i guess right now there's 10 episodes and is it a 12 episode season uh i think that's the plan okay um as i was that's my understanding but i uh I, I think anything could happen. Yeah, that, actually, that was the thing I loved about when I first started listening. I was, I was like, wait, how, is this, is, is it over? Is this it? I, I, I thought like it was just like it's just a long form story, and that's the end of that. And when, when there was no sense of uh, 
length of how long this could go on for, I was like, oh, okay, this is definitely not what I expected. And I think that's probably a, a lot of fun on, on your end when you're thinking about instrumentation and, and how you want to build the tension in the story. Totally, totally. And yeah, getting back to uh, the question you just asked um, about like, there, there we're basically, I think the first show we, we had, um, you know, a, a half week in advance, but after that one for episode, the first show I worked on, episode three. Okay. Um, so yeah, from four on, we just, yeah, we're like a, a day and a half before <laughs> it airs. Um, oh my and I think that a lot of that's just, you know, I think they have, um, I think Sarah has, uh, you know, a very, very detailed outline and probably a first draft of, of the script ready, mm-hmm. ahead, like way ahead of time. But new stuff comes to light. Um, right. You know, we, like I think she wants to stay sort of nimble and be able to to adapt. And so there's no point in her tracking her her script ahead of time because you know a, a phrase could change here a, a whole section could come out or a whole section could come in so and i think that's why they track monday night i think they're probably tracking right now and, and for you i guess um where did you start or what is your go-to um software or hardware for for composing what is your writing process like um and especially for this show what did you find was kind of maybe a theme or a an instrument that um or a set of instruments that really fits well well yeah i i mean i guess i feel like there were two there's like two styles um the first way i started was using um some analog synths uh i i use unfortunately have to use plugins because of all the the tiny edits and the changing it's just you know to make those edits with uh hardware you would basically just have to re-record the whole track and there's okay. no time for that. So, right. you know, if you just want to change a baseline, it's just so easy with MIDI. So I use the Arturia. Um, they have like a, a bundle of great synthesizers. It, it's actually been, uh, they've, they're a little, I think the software is a little buggy and I, I'm hoping they fix it with the new version they just released, but they sound amazing. And uh, so that was kind of my first starting point. But... I think it's at times we were finding that the the synths sounded a little ominous and a big you know the the thing we're always fighting is uh making stuff you know we don't want to lead the listener in any direction with their conclusions you mm-hmm. know so if something sounds too ominous it's like, well, whoever's talking right now is a liar and they did it, you know, so you, okay. you can't get too ominous. And uh, so since then, we've backed off a little bit from the synths and uh, I've been using um, some, you know, I've been using a lot of just piano. And in that sense, it feels more like a film score. Um, and that's kind of been the way I've been trying to approach more than, you know, This American Life, which I love, uh, like they have a lot of, you know, like their scoring is they use a lot of songs and you know I wanted to do stuff that felt a little bit more simple and, and not a fully fleshed out song but more of like a you know like a score so I've been using um piano and and you know just light percussion and um the piano I you can tell me if this is too insidery but I I love uh this piano software it's it's called piano tech and it's a, a virtual piano that uh i i don't know i love it because it's it's not sample based it's modeled and it's a 
Um, you can change like the string tension. You can change the the dampeners. So it, it gets in there deep, basically. Yeah, and you. I mean, it it really helps you. I've been doing a lot of stuff on this that is, you know, it's like almost prepared sounding. You know, it mm-hmm. sounds like maybe you've put like a piece of cloth on top of the the strings, mm. and uh, you know, that's yeah. I think like just like a bright regular like you know, C4 piano would sound very, uh, you know, cheesy, but being able to, to manipulate the sound of the piano and make it a lot more percussive, um, I think has, has like kind of created a tone. Um, and then what was the, is there another like vibe? That was basic. Yeah. Those are like the two main ones. Um, and yeah, I mean, lately I've been trying to use more percussion because, uh, again, you know, percussion, I think, has less of a emotional weight with it. You know, it's like a melody is, yeah. is it has a lot of character to it. So when you're playing melodic stuff, you're really coloring the narrative. And you know, if you can keep it to like bass lines and percussion, it it colors the story a lot less. So that's the direction I've been leaning um, in the past few weeks. That's great. And the thing I also found really interesting is because this the position of the story it's asking the listener to at some point well i don't know if this may my own personal take but to take a side of you know you're trying to you want to solve the whodunit and when the music comes in it's adding this character that it might make you want to lean one way or another there's flip-flopping that goes on throughout this story of, of sarah's own discovery and and just i think as a listener you're wanting to try to put your thumb on it but uh, as someone who's been involved with the project and being so direct um so closely involved have you found that you know you start be- becoming biased about how you spin your music or how it might influence people the listener well i mean that's yeah it's something i fight and it's something i get um you know very uh spot on you know feedback from julie about like eh, this is like a little too emotional um but I guess like if if there is an emotion that I'm I'm like feel like I'm I'm feeding off of it's it's Sarah's um and uh and not ambivalence but her you know like she a few episodes back she's just she played that piece of tape from um, a girl and she was like you know this girl sums up exactly how I feel and, and the girl was like ah I, I just don't fucking know like ah this is like <laughs> yeah, so yeah, frustrating yeah. and and like. I feel like, to me, that's the emotion of the music. It's like, ah, well, like, the more I learn, you know, the more details I learn, the less sure I am about anything. And I don't know if Mm. if sort of ambivalence is an emotion that music can capture, but that's what I've been striving for is, like, this not not even mysterious, but just, like, ambivalent and... uh, you know, I don't know how, how well I've succeeded, but that's, that's been like what I've been reaching for. And I think sometimes it comes across as, as melancholy or sadness. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's not my goal, but, uh, I I don't know. I feel to me, those two emotions musically, or like a musical representation of those two emotions Mm -hmm. are pretty similar. Um, but that's what I've been going for. And there are times where like, even, you know, I don't know if Adnan did it or not. Um, but, you know, he'll tell a story about his family or his life in prison. It doesn't really matter 
if he did or didn't for like that particular story like mm -hmm. it's still you know might be a little sad um you know there was a section on uh Heyman Lee and uh, a few episodes back like sort of um giving a little more detail about who she was and that was obviously a um a sad moment so like I guess I've been trying to focus on the emotions that no matter what happened um you know it's still a justifiable emotion that Sarah feels ambivalent or that we feel sad that you know Heyman Lee her life was cut short or even the feelings Adnan has towards his family who's so devoted to him like those are those are there's no question about any of those emotions um so I don't know those have been the ones I've focused on that's great and something I've realized too about this type of material which which something to me is is really important which is that you have to be a you you have to be an uh, an active listener. It's not a, a passive experience where you know you can just kind of put this on in the background and just let it play. It, it's a type of it's a type of story and material that everyone's working on here that it lends itself that this material is creating an, a different type of um, relationship with I think what people are have been exposed to usually unless you're you know. Um, I guess watching TV, but because there is no visual for this, have you found that you know people that haven't been exposed to um, this type of programming or material are are you know responding positively to it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I just see people listening on the subway or you know at the gym, hear people talking, like you know people who work there, like yeah. oh, no episode this week. It's Thanksgiving. Like it's it's like these people are not talking about podcasts. That must be really surreal for you. Yeah, it, it's been it's been great. Um, and yeah, like you know, the first part of what you were saying, I, I f totally agree. I mean, one thing that is absolutely great about radio is it's like you can do it while you're doing other stuff. Um, you know, if you're listening to All Things Considered or Fresh Air mm -hmm. programs, I love. It's like I can do that while I'm cleaning or uh, driving or walking around, and and cereal to me feels you know, like you're saying it, yeah, it's, it's like, you can do that at your own risk because there's so much information and, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. you know, you're going to miss stuff if yeah. you're like, if you were like, you know, at the coffee shop and ordering a coffee while you're listening. And, um, yeah, so I, I think it does sort of demand a, a sit down and, and people I've talked to have said they've listened to each episode twice or a few mm. times and, you know, other people have told me, oh, you know, I was listening, but I just need to like go home and like lie in bed and listen to it. And, you know, it, it's, yeah, it definitely requires a, a different sort of a lean forward or lean back, some, some different approach to listening. And, um, and, you know, from an audio standpoint, um, that's something I keep in mind because, you know, there's always this urge to like, well, we're in a time crunch, you know, do we, do I really need to like, send this piece of audio through rx and, and get it like super clean <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. i'm like you know what like the listener is being bombarded with a lot of information a lot of different twists and like mm -hmm. you know it, making it sound like perfect or not perfect but treating it like a film let's say and not like a normal podcast where you're like eh, it sounds good enough i can understand what they're saying yeah i think like helps make it more digestible and makes it um yeah just a better experience 
Yeah. And you're also managing some of, um, to correct me if I'm wrong, so you, not only are you handling the composing aspects, but there is sound design and mixing. Are you, th- those are, These are all things that you're handling? Yeah, well, I mean, there's no sound design in the sense of, um, you know, we, we've added no effects or, sure. or anything like that. I mean, it's, um, all, it's, it's all, I guess, recorded, you know, when they're on location, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as like sound design in terms of, of you know, mixing and, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the tape was, you know, poorly recorded interview, you know, detective interview tape from 1999. Right. Or, you know, trial tape where everyone's off mic. And, uh, you know, I've, I've strived to like, okay, let's make this not just sound audible, but let's make it sound good. And, and you know, using, I don't know if you use RX4, but yeah, that's sure. been, you know, that's like my life when I'm doing film <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. And it's gotten so much better over the past few years, like the workflow aspects that I, you know, run every piece of tape through it. And uh, just like some really cool stuff happens from like a storytelling standpoint, from like a narrative point of view, in my opinion. And it's subconscious, but like, for instance, there's this one piece of tape where Jay um is being interviewed by the detectives and it was you know originally just super noisy and there was this weird sort of distortion happening and i cleaned it up and you then you could actually hear the like all the other detectives talking outside of the interview room you could like hear the ambience of the the police station and you know most people are listening to jay but i still think that like just hearing that like might creep into people's subconscious and sort of give like a a little bit more of a sense of place make it a little more intimate and make people feel like they're in the room Mm -hmm. with them and you know it's it's hard to describe without showing a before and after but it's funny that you just mentioning of 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 allowing people to have more information about what's going on in the background because i just honestly went on the website serialpodcast.org and i'm for the first time seeing pictures of of these people that are mentioned in the story after, you know, two months of listening of only to the audio and, and, and drawing my own conclusions. It's, I mean, I think that's the strong part of what you guys are doing is that not only is there such an incredible audio uh, story that you're telling, but you're actually then also dipping into the visual world too, which I I don't know if a lot of podcasts or odd, you know, radio um, streams or stories actually have the opportunity to actually have a visual representation of, what the audio is and and how those might play against each other or or complement them totally i mean i i um yeah i think a lot of people use like the visual of their own imagination <laughs> which sounds cheesy but like i no, think yeah, sure. that's it's a powerful form of of radio you know and i think it it's what makes it so intimate is like you know it you're you're sort of like the the illustrator because you hear these voices and you paint the picture of what these faces look like yeah but that said i think there has been desire to like see pictures and and like if you go on to reddit which i've only dabbled in because i've heard that it's become like this huge there's like a (laughs) whole like reddit sub uh i I forget the term but you know a subreddit on serial and uh you know there's all these there's like a a map of like characters and you know i think i think that has been really helpful and i I think of like you know the agatha christie books where they list all the characters up front so you can always kind of flip to the front like uh who's uh colonel 
mustard and <laughs> I mean the, so so going back to the music where this whole conversation started with all these things going on around the world and online and offline and just knowing that this project that obviously started off as a seed of an idea a really good idea is now grown into this incredible just effort where is your headspace now when are attacking the next episode how do you maintain just the consistency that you you know obviously had in the first handful of episodes i don't know i i think because the turnaround's so tight um i think if i had a week to worry about it i i might get like not swept away but sort of let the like the big response like influence me somehow but yeah. there's just no time to really think um you know it, uh, about that stuff it's just like okay like i gotta make gotta make this interview tape sound better like uh you know i gotta make sarah's you know mic sound good and uh you know I, okay we need music here here and here like ah what, what are you gonna put there and you know yeah. so when you're and I, I think that's good like having a, a deadline and having um you know just having to, to you know if you dwell too much on trying to make something you know absolutely perfect sometimes that you you, you get far away from just like what you need to be doing and uh you know so i uh, yeah i i guess that doesn't really factor in it, you know it's just been the same process for me but uh and you know and you know i i work closely with julie but you know her attitude is exactly the same as it was uh you know uh, two episodes in and uh you know it's just very even even uh and you know, just like trying to, to mm-hmm. make the episode sound as great as, as possible. Yeah. And, um, I guess the, the one thing that has changed is, is uh, you know, what I think is really interesting is, is there have been sort of new developments and people will come forward and, um, you know, uh, without giving too much away, um, there have been moments where, uh, you know, we have a section where we're, where they're like, okay, let's put this in. We have a section and we've had to kill it because we can't get like a triple confirmation or, okay. um, you know, so there, th- that's changed in that where th- there is like sort of this, um, because so many people are listening there, there's been more feedback and, you know, a few ba- episodes back, there was sort of an update on, on three new things that, that Sarah had learned. And, and so that's been really interesting is it, sort of like, I feel like the the episode has stirred, sort of shaken things up, and and now you know little bits of uh, information are sort of falling down that that wouldn't have had the show, you know, not been listened by anyone. So that's been really interesting. <laughs> it's amazing what a few tens, hundreds of thousands of people, millions will do to a project, and just even totally. as even as uh, simple um, and amazing as how it's turned out because we're just talking about an audio. I don't, I don't want to belittle audio because here we are talking on an audio uh, conversation, but I, I guess <laughs> how much material yeah. are you coming up with per episode? How much of the episodes are being covered with original music? Um, yeah, I guess it feels like there's been kind of what I shoot for would maybe be like three or four new pieces, three pieces maybe. Okay per episode um and then you know obviously using the ones that i'd written before and there are a few so nick thorburn um it does the theme did the theme song which is amazing and uh we've also used a few of his pieces in the 
um, you know, over the season and the first two episodes was all his music actually. Okay. Um, and, and since then, you know, we do use a few of his pieces too. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to, I, at least I'm trying to like, not just use the same pieces over and over. So adding a few new pieces each week, I think like helps feel like the story's evolving and, um, you know, yeah, there's been sort of an evolution, I think, in the sound of the music. And um, yeah, so I don't know. This week, probably there'll probably be three new pieces, I'd yeah. say. I mean, just looking at the playlist you have, I see 14 tracks that you've placed throughout these episodes. Are you surprised looking back of, of how much material you have come up with? And just the, I mean, the thing I love is just the variety of sounds and textures and emotions that you're able to capture. It seems that creatively you must have a lot of fun thinking about where to go and like we're talking about earlier what emotion to start scratching yeah i guess it it is kind of amazing and i think a lot of it again is like sort of you know i'm you know i are are you a musician i mean i I can make my way through a guitar or a piano but it's nothing that i want to post online like you've been doing so (laughs) (laughs) well i I mean you know when i make like my own music you know there's months and years of deliberation and you know there's something liberating about like i have 35 minutes to do this you know and (laughs) i kind of like you know that non-thinking just kind of puts you in this like all right you know, and, and sometimes you, you spend that 30 minutes and you're like, that sucks. Like that was a waste of 30 minutes, but like, mm-hmm. at least you're not like jump diving like two days into something and, and then finding out it's no good. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it has been pretty, um, amazing that like all these pieces and, you know, a few people have have asked like, oh, like, can, can you make it downloadable as like an album? And, yeah. you know, my response is like, well, like maybe, yeah, like, but we got to finish the season because there's going to be like, you know, eight more pieces or 10 more pieces. So, uh, so I guess for people who are interested in checking out more, obviously there's the serialpodcast.org, but if people are interested to find out more about your music and more about you, what's the best place to head? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a website. It's uh, markhenryphillips.com, and that's just kind of, you know, like my portfolio website. I make music under the name Sono Oto, mm-hmm. which is sounds drastically different than <laughs> uh, than this. It's kind of like Beatles-y pop music. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm on Twitter as Sono Oto, S-O-N-O-O-T-O, and... Uh, trying to up my Twitter um, action. I, I've been very, just a lurker on Twitter. But yeah, those are those are kind of the, the ways to get in touch with me or check out my stuff. Awesome, man. Well, Mark, thank you so much for the time and I really appreciate it and, and I look forward to what's to come. Uh, I think I just today, after I connected with you through email, started listening just to the music without the story and it's it's so much fun to listen to, and, I, and hopefully there will, there will be a chance in the future for people to check out the music. And um, yeah, thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you. This has been great talking about it. And yeah, it's it, it's been an honor getting to talk to you. <laughs>